and we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraum. Are you doing anything? Are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Uh, this episode of the Electric Podcast is brought to you by Electrify America, the largest public fast charging network for electric vehicles in the U.S. We're going to have a little bit more to say about them later on the show, so stay tuned for that. But uh, it's uh, it's uh, the, the Christmas episode, if you will. We are the uh, Christmas Eve, the day before the holidays. And uh, as usual, the last week before Christmas, it's kind of a slow news week. But we still have a few interesting news items to discuss. And we're going to start with something apropos, the holiday update for Tesla, which is kind of the wider release of uh, the V11, the version 11 of the Tesla software. The software was already released, V11, through... Um, the refresh model S and model X, but now it's making its way to the model 3 and the model Y, along with a few other goodies uh, as uh, as per usual with the holiday update. And um, we're going to get through the, the release note earlier this week from Tesla, like sending it to uh, the test people. Uh, just general notes about the UI changes, nothing too big. There's a light show, which is similar to what we saw, like, was it five years ago, I think, on the Model X, Model, when yeah. the the Falcon wings were flapping and it was doing a little light show to a, to a symphony. Now you have the same thing going to all cars, but there's going to be a little bit more to say about that in a second. So yeah, a bunch of UI changes. You have a dark mode now that's available uh, at all time instead of just the automatic one that comes whenever it detects that uh, it's dark side. So that's a welcome change for a lot of people that prefer the dark mode all the time. It's available in your sitting right now when you go to controls, display, and appearance. Uh, the blind spot camera, instead of having to tap to go to your blind spot, you can have them automatically show up uh, when you um, do a lane change. So when you press the um, turn signal, it's going to pull up your blind spot. So that's that's pretty useful. Yeah. There's nice. some, it, yeah, it's, it's a welcome change. Submit it to the waypoints. TikTok, TikTok. Mm. If you're a TikTok user, it's coming to the Tesla Theater. How do they call it? Uh, though they call it less so Tesla Theater now, but you still have to go to the icon to the entertainment icon in the Tesla Theater to get it. But uh, my kids will be now... very happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a few new video games, or at least one new video games. There's Sonic the Hedgehog is now integrated completely into the uh, Tesla Arcade. Uh, Sudoku is also available through the arcade, and the Battle of Polytopia, which was already a game in the Tesla arcade, has now got a multiplayer mode. So, if you're already a fan of the game, now you can play with other people. There's some very light cold weather improvement uh, that uh, on the, the on the background really that they say that basically you're gonna be able to um, uh, to to precondition the cabin even if your battery is at the lower state of charge. So basically, it, it lowers the limit at which you can precondition. Uh, but you're going to want to be careful with that because uh, depending on on uh, your state of charge, like it can go pretty fast. <laughs> it, can, it can go down pretty fast. Uh, so I assume that there's some kind of control there that allows you to not like not go overboard with your preconditioning. Because uh, I don't know, I just did it. I just went on the road, and uh, I, at home I charge on uh, a regular 120 volt outlet, and that alone, if you're plugging 120 volt and you precondition your cabin, 
it it doesn't compensate for the preconditioning. Like it, it, you still lose range even if you're plugged in. So if you're not plugged in at all and your battery is already low, you really have to be careful with your uh, cabin preconditioning. You might just want to double up on the sweater and get in the car. <laughs> Uh, automatic seat eaters, so that's another cold weather improvement. Uh, some light update to the dash cam clips. You can delete them all the same time now. Uh, if you're uh, if you're an avid user of Sentry Mode, like you know that the clips can add up really quick. Uh, well, actually, they don't say Sentry Mode here. They just say dash cam. So, I mean, how often are you actually recording your dash cam clips? It's uh, Hopefully, you only record them if something like weird happened, like an accident. So, uh, deleting them all, all at the same time can be useful. I don't know. Um, yeah, so that was the first release note that came out. But then we learned of a bunch of uh, changes. And Tesla today released a, a blog post, which is kind of rare these days, especially since Tesla like dissolved the whole PR department. This, I think I've seen maybe... I can count on one hand the number of blog posts that Tesla released since then, when back in the days it was like every... Uh, Every month they would release a new one. But they went into details in, in what they're calling now officially Tesla uh, V11 software update. Uh, a very useful chart that they release in the uh, in the blog post is something that shows all the features that we just mentioned, uh, if they're available to which car. So they, the way they split it up is like all Model 3, Model Y. Then they went with the SNX, with the legacy SNX, which is basically the pre-2021 refresh. Um, and then they, they let you know why actually comes because of the the one with the Intel Atom processor doesn't get things like the uh, this uh, well no you do get things if you have that is that what I understand yeah so oh that's interesting so the the legacy Model S and X doesn't even get the light show that's weird why because would, the legacy X had it before yeah oh. I'm not sure what the limitation is on that front. Uh, but yeah, speaking of the light show, it actually not just like Legacy, the Lesson X doesn't get it, but actually non-Tesla user can get it because Tesla released it as an open source software. Um, and um, where did I write that? They called you can, it. You can put it on your Chevy Cavalier. <laughs> I, I don't know on what car you can get it, but you can you, you can make your own light show with it. Like you can literally like code... Well, I mean, it's not a code. The, the code is written for you, but there's a, a user interface that lets you do your own light show, and then you can upload it to uh, to, the, to your own car, to your own oh, SNX, cool. or or to you can try to port it to whatever you want. It's all on GitHub. Uh, it's called LightX. So Tesla released that, so which is pretty cool. So there'll probably be some people putting out light shows that you could download. Yeah, here's that, a that might be fun. An example. I don't know if we can shut the sound. Well, I cannot shut down the sound, so it's gonna be a nightmare. But Tesla released on their Instagram their uh, an example of the light show with a a very jovial Santa Claus uh, dancing in front of it. But yeah, you can go uh, just type X, uh, X lights on uh, GitHub, and you can get the whole code for it. Uh, this is pretty cool. Here you can see um, for for the the newer model uh, model three and Y that have the Matrix headlights. So the 2021 version, uh, you can get, oh, we can barely see it now in this video. It's not great quality, but uh, you can get the the headlights to actually project uh, graphics and it can uh, literally write like Tesla on it with, with the, because basically with the light show feature, you already get one that's preloaded in the update and then you can make your, uh, your own one if you want after that. But the one preloaded pulls out Tesla in it, which is pretty cool. 
That's cool. That's similar to uh, Audi lights. Uh, so what? When did the Matrix lights head, headlights come out? Like what year? Uh, I want to say it was the maybe not all cars in 2021. Maybe there was an update uh, later on in 2021. But I think most cars in 2021 get it. Uh, a few other things that we learned from the blog post that wasn't in the release note last week. I mean, we know that sometimes Tesla likes to um, put things under the radar. Just the, it's the audio update. So Tesla writes in the blog post, for an even better audio experience, there are now five levels of immersive audio, including an auto setting that adapts to the content you're playing. You can adjust subwoofer output independently to get the right amount of punch from the bass. However, for the subwoofer output, Tesla did uh, write some. So, okay, so that's for a new Model S and X, all Model 3 and Model Y, and older Model S and X that have the Intel Atom processor. So, whenever they did that switch, I want to say 2018, they did that switch. I think that's about right. Mm-hmm. So, older than 2018, Model X and X won't have that capability. And it's the same for. All the whole MCU things, like uh, the, the Tesla theater and and, and uh, video games, this uh, that's all to the 2018 and uh, older, uh, newer, I should say. But overall, it's a significant update. I mean, the user interface experience you get the basically the whole Model S and X refresh experience. Uh, you get to change all the, uh, the the icons at the bottom to launch your apps. You can choose them from there. Uh, it's a smooth experience. Like I, I, I was surprised because I just got it. Uh, normally, I get it like a few days later. But with, I guess with the holiday updates, Tesla like pushed them pretty fast. So I got it today, and I jump in the car and he, and I was like on a time crunch, <laughs> and I had to figure out the UI just to uh, uh, put my settings back on. But uh, it, it's uh, intuitive. Like a Tesla, I mean, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Like it's second to none when it comes to the user interface inside vehicles. Yeah, I guess the only one more like a tech tech uh, company than a car company. Yeah, I mean, with the Polestar is having like Android Auto integrated and things like that. I, I guess it's starting to be more tech like, like you just said. But so many automakers, you you, you use your, their UI and you feel like you're going back into the '90s or something. Yep, it's pretty brutal. You know, but I think Tesla is lifting like all boats with this one. Uh, we're yeah. going to see a bunch of improvement. All right, this was a weird one that came out earlier this week. So we, we started getting a bunch of tips about this where, you know, it's the end of the quarter, last last week of the quarter, at that time, like last two weeks of the quarter. So there's a lot of in- inventory vehicle that comes up on, on Tesla's website that Tesla's trying to liquidate by the end of the year. We know that Elon has been talking about, oh, this, is, won't, this won't be like as crazy as a delivery wave that he, as it used to be. And uh, he sent that to, to the employees he sent basically a signal that you don't have to go out, out like he used to say. Um, but it's still going to be a delivery wave, like as usual. And Tesla's going to try to deliver uh, a lot of cars. And as it often happened at the end of the quarter, they put on a bunch of display vehicles, but of test drive vehicles uh, available for sale in inventory. And a bunch of people noted a very uh, strange warning that showed up at the end of the vehicle. So if you look at the inventory at the bottom, it would say, um, range figures may be up to 12% lower due to battery age. So it's just a small warning at the bottom. Then you clicked on it and it says 
This vehicle was built with a battery pack manufactured as early as 2017. While this pack was brand new when the vehicle was built, the cells have reduced capacity due to their age, and you can expect up 12% reduction in range from current production specification. So this whole thing is word, uh, worded, worded weird. Because, um, because, and I, I, I check with a few sources on this. I can, I can explain a little bit better, but not perfectly either. So, while this pack was brand new when the vehicle was built, so that that's confusing right there because it says like the pack was brand new. Uh, people have different different definition of brand new, like brand new as in it was never used. That's what they mean because it's not it's not brand new. It was manufactured possibly all the way back in 2017. And these are 2021 models that are sold. I mean, that's always a bit controversial. Tesla sells them as new inventory, like new vehicle. It's not used vehicle. Like if if a tax credit was available, you could get the tax credit on this. But uh, they do have some knowledge on the odometer because they are demo vehicle. So what I've been tor- told by a source of familiar with the matter, he said that when Tesla put the battery pack in, in those th- those older battery pack in those cars, they always knew that they were going to be used as display vehicles. And those vehicles has been built this year. They are 20, 20, 20, 2021 model years. It's just that eventually, now, they are selling them, uh, even though they were demo vehicles, because that's what they do. Now, the, the, the bigger question, which I don't have an answer to and my sources didn't have an answer to, is why did Tesla had 2007, up 2017 battery packs sitting around for years before deciding to put them in cars this year? That's a bigger question. Um, yeah, it's weird. And the, yeah, and no one has the answer to. And if you buy one of those cars, don't even expect to get the answer to that too. No. Um, so yeah, and also you look at the pricing, and I mean those prices are insane. But the, the prices are, are crazy right now for any kind of cars. Anyway, like even those are not considered used cars, but used car pricing crazy right now. Uh, these um, new Model S with some mileage on it, like sixty thousand dollars for uh, a dual motor long range. It's 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 wild the pricing, and those are apparently twelve percent less range. So that 353, that's they still list the EPA range on it, but you're gonna get as much as 12% less than that. So that's that's the problem here. I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that unless you can get like a better price on it. Because right now the discount for uh for getting that older battery doesn't doesn't seem significant at all. Like not even close, really. Yeah, I wonder if there's some other issues with it. Like uh you know, they were rejected for some other reason in 2017 i mean there has to be a reason right you don't you don't just leave leave a bunch and we're we're talking about i mean we couldn't pull a complete count because you have to search through the inventory per um zip code but i found a dozens a dozen of them so i I would estimate that there's a lot more but you're right there has to be a reason for for them to be sitting there for so long all right, so uh, sticking with Tesla battery packs here, that was like the big story that went viral yesterday. Um, this 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 guy in Finland, and actually a very similar story to something another story that went viral that we co- we covered a few months ago. So and and there's going to be a lot more of those stories, I think, in the near future, just because of the timing of it. 
So, so right now there is a bunch of, there's starting to be more Tesla vehicles that are coming off of warranty for the powertrain warranty. Because if you remember right. early in the Tesla, uh, in Tesla's production of the Model S uh, and eventually the Model X, they were offering an eight year powertrain warranty with unlimited mileage. Uh, of course, if you remember, the Model S started production in late 2012 and uh, the ramp up was kind of slow in 2013 and then bigger ramp up in 2014 and then Model X and everything. So right now and over the next two or three years, we're going to start seeing a lot more Tesla vehicles coming off of the power machine warranty, which means that we're going to see people being quoted for battery replacement when the battery does fail. Uh, the good news is that the battery don't fail that often anymore especially for newer vehicles. The, the Tesla has had some improvement on that because a lot of the early Model S and X already had a bunch of battery replacement on their warranty. Um, so Tesla has made some improvement on that front. But still, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Every car, gasoline car or electric car, major things fails and you have to replace them. Now, the problem is that replacing them for the early Model S where the volume production was low, where they don't use the same battery packs anymore, so they have to go with holder, remanufacture, battery packs. It's expensive to do. And they are charging that expenses to the customer. So this customer in Finland has a 2013 Model S that just came off a of warranty. And the battery pack fell. And Tesla was quoting him uh, the equivalent uh, in euros of $22,000 US for the, the battery pack. The same thing that happened with the YouTuber that we reported on a few months ago. Uh, that had a 2012 Model S. That was being quote twenty thousand five hundred dollars, but uh, the team, uh, Rich Rebuilds team at the Electric Garage in Florida, uh, made him a fix of just fixing one or two modules. I remember for five thousand dollars instead, which makes sense uh, financially because those cars are not worth that much anymore. So if you want to put twenty thousand dollars in a in a car that is valued at thirty thousand dollars, doesn't make much sense. But this person was in the same situation, except that they, they don't have an electric garage there. They don't have a third party that offer you to try to fix the battery pack instead of uh, selling you a new one. And um, so, so, so you have limited option when that happens. Uh, still, still a few options though, because uh, that guy went a different way. I mean, you can. <laughs> uh, uh, you can sell the car as a non-functioning car and some people will buy it and try to fix the battery pack themselves and you still get a decent price for it probably. Uh, you can sell it for parts. You have the motor still works. You have a bunch of things in the car that still works that people are going to try to scavenge and you can get some good price for it. Um, or that, <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> you can strap 30 kilograms of dynamite on it and blow it up. And that's what that guy did. <laughs> he reached out to a YouTuber in Finland that's known for, for blowing things up because that's that's uh, that's now a YouTube category, apparently, blowing things up. And uh, he decided to uh, to send a message that this car is now like basically useless uh, without because he, do, he doesn't want to put $20,000 in it. Uh, so they just straight up blow it up. I can show it the, the explosion real quick maybe, but... Uh, we go here. Yeah, right. There. For some reason, I think Finland people are all like <clears throat> metalheads. Like <laughs> that have access thousand. to dynamite. <laughs> I mean, who has dynamite these days? Okay, right there. Like that's also, a massive explosion here. 
Also, like, there's a lot of parts everywhere. I mean, it shows him picking up the parts, but I don't know if he can get all those parts. Like, that's kind of have a lot of uh, environmental catastrophe there. Yeah, and to be fair, they did remove a bunch of things in the cars. Like, they removed the the non-functioning battery pack because even, like, you still have a bunch of cells in there that can explode, so they removed that. They removed um, this car as the rear motor, so they removed the rear motor in it, and they can they can still sell that. But this is this is a cool shot here when all the dynamite, the the fuse, uh, all split all around the car, and it's just cool. And then, Beklau. <laughs> it's a it's a, an insane thing to do, but still, you see that shockwave going on. So it is it is a good occasion to talk about it, though, because I think it's gonna happen more. But not not this, obviously. But uh, stories about high price of replacing battery packs, uh, and again, the silver lining in this is yes, this is true. This is a, this is an issue. We we there's gonna people that gonna like don't want to deal with this. Uh, but for the newer cars, for the Model Three and the Model Y that have a similar. Uh, pack architecture for a long time and a much higher volume whenever those packs starts to fail and again some have already fell but on under warranty but when it's going to be off of warranty in a few years it's going to be a lot cheaper to to replace uh that that i'm certain of there's no doubt about it and same thing for other non-tesla vehicles still the same thing was going to happen it's just tesla of course is we're talking about different numbers so it's going to be more of them that comes up all right, so this story happened um, well some some sometime in the last month, but uh, we first uh, got tipped of it uh, this week. It's um, the Roadster, so we don't talk about the Roadster a lot because it's kind of uh, it's probably Tesla's most delayed vehicle out there. <laughs> no one it knows when it's yeah, no one knows when it's actually going to happen. If it's going to happen, a lot of people call it vaporware. It's never going to happen. I don't know that it's going to be vaporware, but uh, it's certainly it's certainly. Um, up in the air, what's going to happen with it? Well, I guess that's vapor. <laughs> Just describe vapor. <laughs> it's up in the air. Yeah. Um, so what happened this week is that similar to what happened with the Cybertruck last month, um, Tesla removed the pricing of the vehicle from its website. And also it stopped taking reservation for the Founder Series uh, version of the of the vehicle. So I went back on the Wayback Machine, which is a very cool uh, feature uh well a really cool website that uh basically pings back older cache uh, version of the website and you can uh ping them back and look what the website look at a specific date and uh for the roadster page there was um the the last time that there was pricing on it and access to the founder series reservation was november november 13 i want to say I don't even know. I was for sure. Uh, within the last month. Yeah, November 13. And then there was not any other ping until December 12. So at one point or during that, that month, uh, Tesla decided to remove the Roadster Founder Series, uh, access to, to reservation for it. Tesla did disclose prior to that that there was a limit of 1,000 of uh, Founder Series. So maybe they just simply sold, sold them out. That's the most likely explanation because they're still taking reservation for uh, the uh, regular version of it but they remove pricing on that so they're not they used to say that it's got $250,000 for the founder series and $200,000 for the base version and now they remove uh, both of the mention and all they're saying right now is that a base reservation for the roadster is $50,000 so they're not promising any pricing to those people 
Now, does it mean that the pricing is going to change and Tesla is not uh, going to honor the original price? I don't know. Normally, they do, but this, this, this was literally like four years ago at this point where they, they announced those prices. So to for them to stick to them, uh, I'd, be, I'd be kind of surprised. Um but uh, right now, the last thing we heard from in terms of an actual timeline for the Cybertruck is at some point in 2023. Because right now, the focus is because it's probably going to be a U.S. production vehicle. In the U.S., this is right now is focused on the bringing Model Y to production in uh, Texas, ramping that up. Then the focus is going to switch to the Cybertruck. And then apparently the focus is going to switch to the Roadster after that. Um, so there's still like... With the list of priorities that Tesla has right now, it's not up there at all. But some rare Roadster news, we don't get that a lot, so that's uh, that's nice to hear. Uh, do you want to do a quick head read on the set? Yep. All right. All right. This episode of the Electric Podcast is brought to you by Electrify America. Electrify America now operates the largest coast-to-coast ultra-fast charging network with more than 650 charging stations. It currently has plans underway for about 800 total charging stations with more than 3,500 chargers to complete be completed by December of this year. That's now. And it plans to have more than 1,800 ultra-fast charging stations and 10,000 individual chargers installed by the end of 2025. That includes ultra-fast charging with 50 to 350 kilowatt chargers at stations near highways and 50 to 150 kilowatt chargers in metropolitan areas. The newly launched Electrify America mobile apps now offer contactless payment along with CarPlay and Android Auto integration, and you can now save up to 25% on charging with the new Pass Plus subscription plans. If you're an EV driver and want to learn more about Electrify America and its growing network of charging stations, find out what they're up to at electrifyamerica.com. That's electrifyamerica.com, or hit up the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Electrify America for sponsoring this week's show. Yes, thank you, Electrify America. If you guys have any question right now, you can put them in the comment section right now. Uh, we're going to try to get to them later on the show. Uh, of course, this is a quicker episode this week. Like I said, it's not a big news week for EV. It's the holidays coming up and everything. Uh, so we're going to have time to get to them if you have any. But uh, we still have a few more news items to discuss, starting with uh, the uh, announcement or, or the application, at least, for Tesla to install supercharger station with CCS connectors on them. So we learned that through um, an application, actually, from Tesla to the Texas Volkswagen Environmental Mitigation Program, or the TXVEMP. So as the name suggests, <laughs> it has to do with the Volkswagen settlement over the Dieselgate standard so uh, a scandal. So there was a bunch of different settlements through a different level of governments, and Texas was one of them. And the, uh, they are using the money to finance a bunch of projects that's going to help the air quality in Texas. And one of them is uh, helping, giving grants to people that are installing a fast charging station. And the, um, the, file, the, the application for all of those, for, for the, to get one of those grants was released this week. And Tesla applied for four uh, charging stations on this uh, to get grants ranging from $375,000 to $500,000 per station. But the the interesting part here is that if you look at the requirements to get the grant, and assuming that Tesla read those requirements and know that they need to meet them to even get the grant in the first place, Tesla's going to have to have CCS uh, combo connectors at those uh, stations, at those four stations that they're installing. 
So the basically the requirements ask that you either have to have both CCS or CHAdeMO connectors at those station. You can have an alternative connector. Uh, in this case, that would be Tesla's proprietary connector. If you do have an alternative connector, you, you need to have either a CHAdeMO or a CCS. So taking that into account and taking into account also that CHAdeMO is basically dead, Tesla's going to have to have a CCS along with their um, proprietary connector there. So this is this is we 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 know that Tesla has been talking about opening the network. They already started doing it in Europe, but we haven't heard much about it in the U.S. Uh, we know that Tesla plans to do it, especially if they want to have access to the federal grants for uh, deploying fast charging station uh, as part of the infrastructure bill that was passed last month uh, or earlier this month. Was it? Not, I'm not talking about build back better one, the, the other infrastructure build that, that was last month, the right, less yeah. controversial one. <laughs> um, so this one also has a requirement that it needs to charge vehicles from from more than one automakers, which the Tesla property plug cannot do, uh, unless they do have some. They do end up doing some kind of deal on that front. I don't know, but the more reasonable approach would have been the approach that Tesla did in Europe, which is to fa- to to switch to a CCS. Um, and but the question now is like, how are they going to do it here with those station? Because technically, they could. They, there's a bunch of options. They, they could. The, the the simplest one really would be to just install a third party CCS station along with their supercharger, and they would comply to the requirements. Um, but with the implementation of uh, the opening up of the supercharger network be, being started right now in Europe. And this, uh, Elon Musk saying that it's going to come to the U.S., I would assume that it's going to be a little bit more uh, intricate than that. Uh, either they're going to do a dual cable thing with the Tesla property plug and the CCS plug, which they did in Europe. Or, I mean, we we heard Elon say that they're going to sell an adapter and that none of the owners will buy that adapter or... Uh, the uh, not or actually and um, the Tesla would try has a system to make one available at the station, um, and they're gonna have some kind of security system involved so that people just pick it up and leave with it because uh, it's a valuable piece of equipment. But uh, I think what was it? I think it was it. Uh, um, Drew Backlino, I think, said us uh, one of the executives said that they have a system already for that. To, to make to make it secure, so I think one of those things are are going to happen uh, with those four stations in Texas, and eventually more stations as Tesla uh, try to uh, secure as much money possible to expand the supercharger station, a supercharger network. Was the uh, application for a place near uh, the new headquarters? Or the there, there was there weren't any mentions, uh, and uh, I don't think they, they didn't seem to have any significant requirement on location, other than of course being in Texas. Um, but yeah, it's four different station. Two of uh, one of them seventeen, and the rest nine. I think superchargers stalls. Mm. All right. Uh, quick note on the Tesla uh, stock this week and Elon Musk's uh, sell of the of the stocks. So there was kind of confusion this week because uh, on Sunday. Uh, and the podcast was released a few days later. Elon did an interview with the Babylon B podcast, which is a, a satire website, kind of the onion, but a little bit more conservative. And uh, I think they call themselves Christian, really, like a Christian uh, satire website. 
And uh, Elon likes them a lot. Like he retweets them and whatnot. And he decided to jump on their podcast. Um, you can go listen to it. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it too much. It wasn't my cup of tea. But there was one thing. And it wasn't uh, also if you're more like a, a Elon fan for, for Tesla stuff. There wasn't that much Tesla stuff. But he did comment on it that uh, he the the phrasing of it was... Because uh, it was a bit ambiguous the way because he, he kept talking about like the reason behind it. He be, actually, on the podcast, he kind of admitted that uh, the twi- the Twitter poll was not the real reason for him to sell the stocks. Uh, like because because that that's the way it was framed at the beginning, and then then he, he, then of course like it became clear that the exercising of his option that was a plan that was put in place months before the poll ever happened was a much bigger part of the of the of the sell. He did sell some extra share that he didn't have to as part of the exercising those options, but it's a small fraction compared to uh everything that he had to sell to cover his tax bill that was coming from uh, his stock option anyway. So he kind of admitted that and then he did say I'm trying the exact wording i sold enough stock to get to around 10 percent plus the option exercise stuff which is bad way to explain this because then you, you kind of saying 10 percent you sold 10 percent stake whatever stock option exercise stuff that, that's his word stuff <laughs> we're talking about billions of dollars worth of uh assets here uh but uh I, and uh he said i tried to be extremely literal here <laughs> kind of ironic because it's he's not really being literal at all um and it was funny because earlier or later in the podcast he was also saying when i say super super it means i'm, <laughs> I'm not being literal i'm, I'm not being serious super when, when you right. say super super serious it means i'm not serious which is again confusing but uh, he, he then he, he so what happened is like this actually helped this stock a lot like this stock rebond re, re um Rebounded this week after people kind of got a signal from Musk that he stopped selling. But if you actually look at the last uh, SEC filing from Tesla about uh, Musk's uh, stock sales, they did say that they still had two million five hundred thousand uh, stock option to be exercised. So there's still one or that that's one or two trenches I think that that needs to uh, to to be sold. So we he did clarify after the fact after the all the article came out from citing in from the podcast that it's not completely done, that he said there are still a few trenches left, but almost done. And he implies that the cells are only the cells from the pre-programmed cells of the stock option program. And um, so, so yeah, basically there's, there's one or two more trenches to be sold and he's not selling any more sell, uh, any more stocks other than the ones from the stock options. So basically, at the end of the day, like we're gonna have to see once it's done. But it, it looks like about eight, sixty to eighty percent. I want to say of the stock that he sold were part of uh, of the stock options uh, to cover his tax needs from the stock option, and not him deciding to fall under the pressure of the the media and 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 the community saying that the rich people don't pay enough taxes. So he's gonna sell. Um, some stock to to pay a bigger a bigger tax bill. He, he, he did sell more stock and gonna have to pay a little bit more tax bill, but 
I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say that maybe he was going to pay like $9 billion in taxes this year from, from the, the stock option plan that was already set way before all of this talk came up, came right. about. And now he's going to maybe have to pay like $11 billion in taxes instead. So it's, I mean, <laughs> it's weird when you talk about that stuff. It's just $2 billion more. <laughs> it's $2 billion. And he's, but the, the, the weird thing is he's going to end up with more stock than he started with. That's the craziest part, yeah, because every time that he gets one of those trenches, he gets like 2 million shares and he sells half of it to pay his taxes, but that's still a million more shares that he gets. And that's a crazy amount of money. like Yeah, an insane amount of money. So basically, like his his, net assets or his net value goes way up because he's, he's selling a bunch of stock. He's keeping, you know, some amount of that, like, a big amount of it, and then he's paying a lot of it to taxes, but taxes on the stuff he's getting, you know, coming now. So it's it's really all gravy for him. Like the fact oh, that he's complaining sure. about anything right now. Like, well, it, I'm not. It, I'm not sure he's complaining. Bad. I think I think he's reframing the discussion really, and that that's the interesting part of it. Like what's happening around it because like well, a lot of the, people are re- reading it as complaining, especially you know if you're not a, a billionaire. It's it seems like. Yeah, kind of, I mean, because here, here's the thing. This year, Elon became the richest person, well, the richest known person on the planet. I'm sure there's like a rich Saudi prince out there where we don't really know how much money that they, yeah, they, they have and, and things like that. But he's the richest public person uh, in, in the world. And so so when this talk about taxing the rich came about, well, I mean, it's always been around, but the, like when it became more prominent uh, last few months... He became a target of that, of course, as the newly minted richest person on the planet. And basically, Elon knew what was going to happen. He had to exercise his option this year. So he knew that he was going to get richer on top of him already becoming the richest person on earth. He was going to get 10 million more Tesla stock that it's now worth a thousand dollar each. He was going to get like, he knew that by the end of this year, on top of re- being the richest person on the planet, he was going to be the, the the most highly paid person in the world by an insane margin. Because and that's his whole thing too. He always says, "I don't I don't pull a salary from that," and uh, that's a good look, really. But been getting crazy commission plans from Tesla. But those have rarely paid out that much. Like there's been a few years where where it did pay off uh, significantly, but n- nothing quite outrageous like it did this year. Like ten million new stock from Tesla, a thousand dollar each. It's it's massive. So you know what was going to come. The headlines was going to be um, Elon makes because uh, the way that the media report on this. They report like sometimes they do like oh he made a hundred billion dollars this year because the stock price increased but that's not revenue that's like the, your assets increasing in value actual compensation like the salary that you pull off even though it's not a salary it's a stock compensation that's that's different and um, this year Elon was going to be in the tens of billions of dollars that compensation so that's going to be all the headlines but instead now Elon reframed it and it's like oh yeah you guys think that the rich are not paying enough taxes well let me sell some stocks so that I can pay taxes and now I'm going to be that guy that paid the biggest tax bill in the history of the United States 
uh, through that. So it's kind of brilliant. Like you managed to really reframe the entire discussion around it. And um, I mean, I don't blame it. At the end of the day, he's still going to pay $11 billion in taxes. And that's that's good, I guess. Well, it depends on how they use it. <laughs> but um, Still, it, it, I think it's interesting because it's interesting at the level of like understanding how Elon approach kind of his own PR because he's, he's kind of his own PR machine at this point. It's uh, a bit manipulative. Let's just say it like that. All right. Good news here from Quebec coming on from uh, Tiger, moving on from Tesla to Tiger Motors. Company that I've been reporting on for a few times and, Full disclosure, I'm, uh, I'm invested. I have a few share in the company. They are public, but they're only public on the Canadian market, which is kind of a bummer for American friends. It's uh, it's not impossible to buy stock in the company, but it's, it's difficult if you don't have access to Toronto, Toronto Stock Exchange. But they have been one of the leading companies in the power, port, power sports world, uh, electrification of uh, jet skis and, and snowmobiles. And uh, now they did produce their first uh, production snowmobile. So we, we actually tested the prototype a few years ago, but uh, they've been making some iteration over the years. And now they have the actual production version of it that they can deliver to customers uh, once they have a regulatory approval for deliveries, which they expect to get uh, early in 2022. But this, this one you're looking at right now is basically the first production electric snowmobile in the world. Um, so this is exciting because... If you don't know, like the snowmobile world is, I mean, it's not polluting in terms of like a total pollution, but in per vehicle pollution, there's a lot of like two stroke motors in there and they don't have a lot of regulation. And it's, it's kind of insane, the pollution that they, they, uh, uh, they put out there per vehicle. Uh, and they put it, they put that pollution, like you, you get a snowmobile, you get a nice snowmobile to go in the country, uh, like in the great white snow. And it's it's awesome. Like you are very much in the nature, and then you pollute that. It's you, you go through that with a, a two-stroke motor polluting it. I mean, I'm seeing two-stroke motor. There's some, some better motors out there now, but there's still a lot of legacy motors out there. So Taiga raised a hundred million dollars uh, earlier this year by going public, and uh, now they're setting up a big factory. Actually, right now I'm in Shawinigan, so it's right next door here. But uh, those vehicles have been produced in Montreal. They have a lower volume production factory that they're trying to, to um, pull out some vehicles out there. And uh, those are the very first electric snowmobile. They start at $15,000 and you have like three different versions, like a mountain version, a crossover version, and a, a trekking version, like cross-country uh, riding version. But uh, you can check them out on the website. It's pretty cool. Actually, I decided to reserve one this week too. When they oh, when, when is it production. Uh Fall 2022, they say. So oh, for next winter, basically. For next winter, nice. Yeah. Maybe it's going to convince me to stay around for the winter a little bit more. Are, are you going to be able to get one to review, uh, you know, one off the line or something? Yeah, I should I should be able to review one of these ones, uh, I think. Uh, when, Maybe in March. Yeah, I mean, he literally just came off the line, but uh, I don't want to take any, anyone away away from uh, from the first customers. But I think a lot of the first customers are going to be uh, fleet customers, like uh, ski resorts and places like that, because that's where they make the most sense. Because there's there is a limitation for the range on it. Uh, right. I think 140 kilometers is the most range, about 100 miles. So for trekking, it's not ideal, but uh, for local use, 
especially like a, a ski resort use where you just go up and down the mountain it's perfect all right we got some news from neo that was interesting this week because we don't talk about them too much because they are very focused on the chinese market though they have expanded to europe this year starting with norway and now there's been the very first they, they always been talking about being a global automaker and they want to come to the u.s at first they were like kind of framing themselves as too like they had in the bay area but then it moved to china basically but now they are uh, starting to back into the u.s after uh, uh being quite successful now in china and there's a job posting in the u.s indicate uh, a market launch uh nothing soon i would say because uh it's it's more about needed to uh, launch the so the head of architecture and design so basically, uh, set up station, uh, station too because that's something that uh, Neo is actually doing. I think um, we we've been skeptical about battery swapping at the consumer level for Neo kind of figured it out and been great. So it would be interesting to see think that it's, this could work in the US too. But they also have their their equivalent of the supercharger network. That that job most likely is more. Uh, of architecture and design, they're gonna need to have service center, their own stores. So that's all the things that we set up before ever um, deliver any market. So we saw this happen in Norway basically over the last year, and now and same thing is happening now in the U.S. So uh, it's like maybe 2023, we can you can maybe buy in the U.S. All right, should we jump into the comment section? I think we have a few of them this week. Um, so Peter asks, when will Tesla accept Dogecoin? Yeah, I mean, he announced that a few weeks ago, but he said it was only be for merchandise, so I don't get too excited. Like, maybe you're going to be a hat or something. Yeah. A $50 uh, whistle. How much is that in a trench? Here. A trench is a piece part of something. Am I using the word trench wrong? Is that what you No, they just, I think it's a pronunciation thing. All right. Oh. Uh, and pretty much the last question, because there's a lot of chit chat going on. The last question is any news on TBE uh, CCS1 to Tesla adapter and for the Tesla to CCS1 adapter? We only have seen the the one from Korea, uh, and said that it's going to come markets, the North American market, but uh, we have so no news on that front, unfortunately. All right. Well, that's it. All right. Well, thanks everyone for watching. I know it's uh, it's Friday the twenty fourth, so I hope everyone has a good holidays, good Christmas, and uh, be safe there. And we're going to see you uh, the thirty first next. Kind of uh, not. We're not gonna do much of a in review. But more, we're gonna look more into what we expect in 2022 and the EV market. Uh, so stay tuned. That's gonna be a good podcast next week. Uh, but in the meantime, have fun. Stay safe.